Stories Podcast, your number one show for everything guitar. Hello. <laughs> I wasn't ready for the end of that. Hello. Welcome to Guitar Stories number 88. A bit of an abrupt start there. I'll let you into a secret. This week, Dan has control of all videos, graphics, and going live buttons. So anything could happen. I am hands-free, baby. <laughs> Hi, Dan. <Fantastic. laughs> hey, Andy. Good to be back. Nice to see you. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, right. yeah. Good. We have episode 88, which as a Back to the Future fan is a big, big moment for me. We've made it all this far to this episode and um, great Scott. It's going to be a good one. Mm, we've got, yeah. um, in fact, I, I'll, I'll let you tell everyone who we've got. I'm definitely monopolizing the conversation because we've just had a coffee. <laughs> all right. Well, then let me give a, a quick introduction to who's on the show tonight. Uh, we welcome Pasquale Pet Campoletano, uh, who studied uh, music in Berkeley and has earned a reputation as a guitar builder at Guitar Craft Academy. Um, upon graduation, he worked for a well-known Japanese guitar motorcycle builder, making some of their creations shine bright like a star. Um, yeah, thank you. In late 2020, and this is basically the reason why we invited him, Pat got appointed as principal master builder for Jackson, Chavel, and EVH, and has been bringing us some of the wildest, some of the prettiest, and some of the sexiest custom creations, of which some have been on the show already uh, for By Borrow Burn. Pat is also a fellow gaming nerd, Star Wars fan, and all-around guitar personality to follow in 2023, and I'm very happy to welcome him uh, as one of the last guests uh, this year. Hello, Mr. Pat. Hey, there Hi, Pat. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This is hey. great. <laughs> I'm Welcome to the show. All... Yeah, you got everything. You got my uh, Star Wars love, uh, video game love. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did Good. some 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 web stalking. You know, just a usual routine every week. <laughs> Did you yeah. see anyone peeking through your window at work today? Because if you did, it was no. down. <laughs> no, but uh, my Nintendo Switch did glitch a couple of times, you know, when I was playing the other day. So no. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, welcome also to everybody in the live chat. Let's just give a few shout outs. We've got Gary. We've got Studio Camille, who should be doing his Chinese lessons, as far as I remember. Uh, hmm. Randy Taylor. Valeria is here moderating for us. Floop-ti-doo. Hello, floop-ti-doo. Um, I remember you from last time. I got so excited about your username. Uh, Melodify is here, and also is Michael Lerner, and Pooh Ninja, and we've got more, more later, mm. more later. Um, exciting to have you on the show, Pat. I want to know everything about your job and everything that you do. Uh, was I right in saying that you came from your grandfather's workshop who had a, a gunsmith workshop? Is that right? Yeah. So um, when my family emigrated from Italy, um, my grandfather previous to emigrating would sweep up shop in a gunsmith shop um, and it was always his hobby he became a machinist and eventually set up his own workshop at his house and it's kind of a local legend where i grew up um, and i have uh, some pieces that he like hand engraved he made the whole thing and and as a child i would just be in his workshop um, from very small like probably five six he gave me like my first pocket knife immediately cut myself and le letting me work on my own little <laughs> projects so i was always in awe of, of his work and, and just watching him take blocks of things uh -huh. and just turn them into fascinating pieces of art that um when he would deliver them people would just be amazed so i always loved that watching him 
get the glory of that and and be in his element. And I, I learned a ton probably before I even went to high school, just watching him. So it was cool. Wow. Wow. That's really nice that it's come from what seemingly such a strong, deep-rooted uh, part of your life. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's definitely the biggest influence I have in terms of my career. Um, there's been a lot of influential people in terms of playing and, and um, my educators over the years that have had a huge impact. But I go home whenever I can, and he's my first stop, you know, and I always just shoot, you know, the breeze with him and ask him what he's up to. Um, it's almost his birthday, so... Happy right. birthday, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, yeah. So we're, we're going to get to know you much, much better, and there's going to be lots and lots of questions, of, of course, from the chat. So anyone in the chat right now, you have any questions for Pat, please save them for a little bit later because uh, all three of us have some gear picks tonight. So I'm going to do the, the, the gear picking of the week and the buy, borrowing, and burning of stuff. And um, there might be some Jackson on the show. You never know. You never know what Dan or I might pick. Hmm, so, yeah, well, I think... I think we might as well start with Dan's pick then, because um, I, I kind of know what it is. And now Dan's in charge of graphics; he can he can do it himself. So, uh, have you got a little jingle to play for yourself there, Dan? Uh, I think so. Uh, let me let me find it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling my jingle right now. Oh boy, that's so stressful. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and he's really making me feel how stressful it is here. <laughs> All right, so my pick of the week, and uh, it's a great uh, pleasure to to uh, have him on the show. Is the new Josh Smith uh, signature? Oh wait, no, no, the new Josh Smith <laughs> signature. Um, <laughs> I was working hard on that one. Uh, wow. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I was completely amazed to, to uh, figure out that there are actually two Josh Smith signature models from uh, two manufacturers, one being from uh, my, my friends at Ivanus and one from uh, Pat's company, uh, Jackson. And they built him a monster of a guitar. It's uh, the, um, what's, what's the name of the model? It's an SL7, so a seven-string guitar. And yeah. um, it is called the um, Josh Smith Soloist SL7, yeah. And uh, what's so special about this one, it's a seven string that kind of blends in, let's say, some classical looks and a lot of modern specs into a monster of an instrument. And um, it basically is a, an um, aquamarine um, Strat style guitar, but it's equipped with uh, an Evertune bridge, a 20 inch scale, baritone scale. It's got a neck through construction um yeah and several like you know minor tweaks like knobs that are out of the way when you when you pick and uh we also got i think it's um, um bare knuckle pickups i'm not mistaken yeah it's uh, a yeah, just with impulse signature pickups uh lumen lays uh, a compound radius ebony fingerboard with 24 frets that's also something that's pretty cool i think a lot of players are kind of gravitating more towards compound radii uh, nowadays. Um, Rosa maple neck with graphite reinforcement. It's got an alder body. I'm always a big fan of alder as uh, as a very you know um, 
would say sent like what's like a very neutral kind of neutral wood that's uh, you know uh, translates very nicely into into all genres and uh, yeah like i said like a 20 inch scale baritone with neck through construction is something that is so unique in the market that i you know couldn't overlook that for today's pick so um, yeah that's my pick of the week i think it clocks in at around 17 1800 euros or 20 20 2100 bucks uh, in, in the us um yeah so interesting interesting instrument uh that probably a niche guitar but a really nice one and like i said uh, to go full circuit i like that it blends in the new world you know the Chaka Chaka downtuned world with with some of the the visuals and cosmetics of of the old world and uh, yeah that's my pick of the week. What do you guys think? Completely unbiased, of course. <laughs> I Great wonder choice. what our guests. Yeah, well, what does our <laughs> guest think of that? I, I have no idea. I mean, it's going to be hard to beat that. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, no, I, I I love that guitar. Um, that was a project that was started before I ever arrived at Jackson. So okay. uh, credit to the, for the team for, you know, working on that model. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful guitar. I love the color hum single is like my favorite pickup combination. Um, even though it's a rail, I, I love it. Um, I even like, um, what is it? Not Bill Lawrence. Um, the other, uh, blade pickup that I've used before, um, well, I've, I've used the Marzios and things in the past, but mm -hmm. um, the, the name is evading me, the Danny Gatton set. Um, they're really great um, blade style pickups, especially in that neck position. I've done stuff like that for Jeff Schroeder in the past from Smashing Pumpkins, and those have always worked out really well. They sound killer. So mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a fun combo. Evertune Bridge, thing will never fall out of tune. And that's cool with the, the Strat head too. Mm -hmm. So you get that nice straight string pull. No. Great choice. <laughs> Thank you. So Andy's gone. Where's Andy? <laughs> he went to go get his pick. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> I hope we're we still live. But in that case, um, are you are you involved when you said that project started before? Are you involved um, currently with with some sort of um, artist builds as well so that there are prototypes being made in the custom shop that then serve as a as a blueprint for um, signature models that are produced um, in asia afterwards um well i have made artist guitars here in the past of course uh, i did some for scotty in uh, i'm working on one for patrick sheridan for fit for an autopsy right now um did the frank bello bass um master built run um in terms of like new products and stuff like that, mostly I've just been um, filling orders, like artists ask us for orders. Uh, but of course, um, like when it came to Frank Bellows model, he had some tweaks to the import that are slightly different. And I essentially, whenever I get a project, I make a full 3D model, like a new model of everything. Um, and I have to make all my own tools too. So when I, I have my own NC in the shop, Mm -hmm. uh, which is great. And then I'll, I'll make my own fixtures for the body, for the neck. Um, and, <clears throat> uh, like I make the inlay blocks, I make the brass nut myself. I'll do wow. the pick guard. My, you know, I I'll make as many pieces as I can or is reasonable. Like the back plates are anodized black aluminum and mm -hmm. those are kind of standardized. So that's something where it's like an off the shelf part. Okay. Welcome back. Hey, <laughs> you're putting me on the spot here, right? Sorry, apologies <laughs> for that. We have a bit of a snowstorm. Oh, no. 
Yeah, a bit of a snowstorm oh. here in Austria, so my internet has decided to uh, misbehave this evening. Right. Hopefully, it will it will uh, will stay there. But luckily, because Dan's an official co-host tonight, yeah. we won't lose the stream. That's good, yeah. Which is an added bonus. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Question: We we have two guitar gigs here. How do I change so my I'll, handle? I'll pick up. I'll pick up. But um, did we did we like that, Jackson? Yes, of course. Thumbs up, right? Oh. <laughs> I'm I'm Andy and you're Andy yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, I saw uh, how, how do I change yeah, it? I, I have no idea. I have zero idea. Okay. Oh no, you, I have zero idea. Well, but tonight you're also Andy Guitar Geek. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everything, everything was perfect, so there had to be that slight little thingy that goes all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Have you have you burned my pick yet? What did I miss? No, not at all. Not at all. Ah. I'm, I'm, is, I'm, is it my turn yet? It, it is. Uh, I'm, I'm very curious to see what. Or if 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 we want to uh, put our guests in the middle as a sandwich, gear sandwich. Let's have a pat sandwich. All right. Well, then <laughs> let's <laughs> let's hear about it, you. So it's my my turn now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My 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 pick. It's not guitar, but it's one of the coolest things I've seen in a very long time. It's from Teenage Engineering, and it's called the Choir, and it is a series. Uh, yeah, there they are. Uh, little kind of figurines, each with their own speaker embedded. And uh -huh. they communicate with one of their um, synth controllers. Uh, and it's like one of the coolest things. If you hear um, each one of these uh, figurines is like its own different personality, uh -huh. has its own range in the choir, you know, baritone, <laughs> alto, soprano, tenor, whatever. Um, and they'll make slightly different sounds and it's like it's like one of the coolest things i've seen and i i thought oh man i gotta get that into guitar somehow like i i was thinking uh like a a sequencer where it's like a uh, steps on stage if you had all these different you know talking heads you can have your delays ping-ponging or you know you can use uh you know a MIDI pickup and and do some strange sounds with it. I don't know. I just thought it was one of the coolest things I've seen in music in a long time. Yeah. There's some videos out there that show how how it's working, and it's super super funny to listen to it. It's really unique, and it's a super cool pick. I think it's one of the most uh, like out of the field picks that's super strange but also super interesting uh, in a Definitely. long time. You know. Yeah. Not yeah. Just a you know. Guitar. I always. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, uh, of course, gu guitars are, are my whole world, uh, I've, you know, but when I think about oh, what's next for the guitar world, sometimes you have to step out of it a little mm -hmm. bit and see what the rest of the band is doing. Right. I think mm -hmm. w one of the biggest things for guitar players is, uh, you know, this is my band or the, the band, you know, it's like I'm I'm the lead and everything kind of revolves around the guitar but it's it's so much more than you know just the guitar player if you're into r&b or funk you know it's it's a percussive instrument a lot of the times or um you know in jazz a lot of the times it's just playing with the orchestra it's filling out chords um so i just think eh, what is out there that's different that makes you kind of shift your opinion of you know what could be possible for our humble instrument even though it's it's grown its its uh tentacles across genres and things <laughs> yeah i i dig the pick i don't understand the pick but i dig the pick 
Um, I, I, I don't really know how it works. I'll have to watch some of the videos to find out. But just based on looks alone, which as a guitar player is how I choose most of my equipment, um, yeah. that looks absolutely phenomenal. And I think that I could have that in my living room, kitchen, social area of my house, and I'd get away with it. Our, our kids, Especially our the kids, Pinocchio looking one on the left. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, our kids would just play with that. I'm pretty sure they would just play some sort of theater with it. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Imagine that's your guitar, yeah, everyone home, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah I'd, yeah. I'd love to try everyone. it. I'd love to see it implemented in guitar. It. I'd like to know the price. I don't think it's very cheap. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, hey, what I make is not very cheap either. So I, oh, I always think, well like, played. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's for the discerning musician. Well, I, I think it's a yeah. it's a strong pick. Unfortunately, I have I have no idea how to like. I like it. I just have no idea how to feel about it. You know, because it's so out there. My brain has not yet grasped what it is and, and how it works. <laughs> oh it's, yeah, it's you gotta watch day, the videos. But... Right, right. I will. I will. It's um, it's so cool, and I, I encourage the audience to check it out too. It's it, it's very fun little product. Yeah, cool. absolutely. I definitely want to know what the live chat members are are thinking of that one, and I would definitely love to see that brought into the guitar world. I know that we're not exactly famous for being accepting to new technology and new um, ideas, but uh, it, it should be fun to see just some tiny little people playing guitars. I think that's fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, we've got one more pick left. It is my pick, and hopefully my internet connection will stay as I choose it. Andy's pick of the week. All right. You know that um, both of your picks have been quite expensive so far, or rather not very affordable, but certainly discerning and for the, uh, for the experienced and slightly wealthy musician. I don't think mine's any different. Um, <laughs> for mine, mine is a guitar that money cannot buy, uh, or rather I should say a collection of guitars. It is the new Tom DeLonge Fender Starcaster, which doesn't actually exist as a production model yet. But I dig the Starcaster so much, and Blink-182 was such a big part of, of my musical love when I was a teenager. That, and also um, his other models, the, the, the Fender Strat that he played for mm -hmm. a while, and the ES-333 from Gibson that he played, they have rocketed in, in price, and the Squire ones as well. Mm -hmm. So I think that this will certainly go into production in hopefully both a Fender and Squire version. Um, in fact, I have, I have a Starcaster just here, which looks a, a lot like it. Um, so this has got a two humbucker, the active Squire one in this shoreline gold. And if you look on this picture, there's one very similar to it hmm. um, in the middle, except that he has, uh, I, th I think they're F-holes. I couldn't quite see if, if they were painted on or real. Oh, no, they are real. Um, but that's Tom DeLong, so he's only got a bridge humbucker. They've got special Blink-182 uh, inlays done by Ron Thorne. You've got a big Fender Strat-style headstock. And it seems to be somewhere in between that 333 and the Strat. Uh, 
I love it. I think it's going to be a big guitar in the next, whenever it's released. Let's hope the next half a year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Blink-182 are back. And I think that Tom DeLonge's guitar is going to make punk and pop punk back and make a lot of people happy. Great pick. I saw those on... Yeah. Uh, so our, that's my pick. Our shipping guy, Fred, uh, I saw him on his rack the other day. Uh, all four of them. I and I picked them up. They're surprisingly light. Okay. They're really great guitars. <clears throat> Very cool. Yeah, Ron did the inlays. Um, some of the R and D guys, I think, uh, did the builds here. Um, I honestly don't know too much about that project, but super cool. Love the paint. Um, yeah, very fun guitars. So that's a great pick. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. What I like about it is uh, maybe we can we can take a, a, another look on it. Is that he sticks with the original concept in the in the in the Stratocaster back in the day. He had the Invader from Seymour Duncan in the bridge position, and uh, there was little, uh, you know, that would uh, distract from from the from the reduced concept. So it was really a punk guitar. And after his little bit of a uh, liaison with with uh, Epiphone and Gibson, he's now coming back and taking some of the ideas from his time post Blink 182. And uh, now he's he's rejoined the band, uh, and so he's kind of going full circle, but taking ideas from both guitar brands that he worked with and culminating in in, in that model. And that's it's pretty cool. And like Andy just said, you know, prices have skyrocketed. It's so high that uh, it's it's probably there's probably an audience for for that guitar, and with all the kids back in the day that you know were playing the Squire model, they would probably lust for a, you know, more price intensive Fender original guitar made in the USA. And uh, now they are now they they can afford it. You know, they are fluent and uh, you know, they are grown ups now. So <laughs> mm. they can they can live their dream and uh, become teenagers again. Yeah, I mean that's totally my teenage years. Like yeah. Blink One Eight Two, you know, I was born in eighty eight too. So this is episode eighty eight. I was yeah. born in eighty eight. It's like <laughs> this is this is classic for us. Um, I I loved you know I would go to like the school dances and stuff right, and they'd be blasting Blink One Eighty Two, and uh, yeah, it was huge all through high school. I remember those strats and stuff. Yeah. They're they're cool, and those guitars came out really nice. Mm. The roasted necks look really cool. The inlays, of course, by Ron. They're amazing. What, what exactly is that? Is that uh, that's the Blink logo, right? Yeah, I think it's. Um, yeah, it's like kind of like that little face. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's before they got all stickered up. Yeah, and and I like <laughs> that satin gold too. Uh -huh. That the satin gold really looks cool. They're so fun, you, you saw all four finishes. So basically, the, the shell pinkish, the goldish one, the green, and the the white antique white or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw. Yeah. I was like, uh, I just poked my head in because uh, <laughs> where, where, where the Jackson area is is like right by where the custom shop shipping guys are. Yeah. So um, and we always like you know check out what's what's going through and all the master builders like come and drop off our guitars when we're done. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I walked in and then Fred goes like that and he gets like, check that out. I was like, Oh shoot, look at that. That's really cool. That is cool. <laughs> and, yeah. I, I immediately like picked one up. I was like, Oh man, this thing is, is light. It's very fun. Um, yeah. And of course anything Ron puts his hands on too, inlay wise, that always looks killer. So, um, 
You remember, remember well. his business cards? I, I, I don't know if you have business cards like that, but I still have his uh, custom shop business card that's actually on a bird's eye maple. Oh, like a veneer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Actually, I don't even have cards. I, I'm not sure what we're, we're, they're doing that. I think since COVID and stuff, it's, okay. uh, I, I haven't gotten any, but yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. That's a business card you, you not see, you know, being thrown away. You know, a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the highlight of every collection, yeah. <laughs> How's the snow? Uh, wet, cold, and uh, white. <laughs> yeah. Also, <laughs> apparently quite heavy because it's weighing down all the, all the megabytes and gigabytes and keeps kicking me off the internet. But I've just gone and reset everything. I also put my head out the window and shouted, will you please stop it? And, um, and that seems to have worked. We'll see how long for. <laughs> it's too polite. Yeah. Oh yeah, true. Yeah. Well I was I was editing for, you know, YouTube. Of <laughs> course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so guys, uh, where do we stand? We have we have had three picks. Oh. Three I think what I think are amazing picks. Um what's what's what does the uh, the audience think? Guys in chat, what's what's your pick? We need to do we need to buy borrow or burn? Oh yeah. Okay, let's okay. let's do the jingle first, okay? Dan, you do the jingle because you know okay. you've got control tonight. I, I'm excited. All right. I borrow or burn. All right. Pat, no pressure, but this is the most important decision you'll make of your life. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, well, I mean, okay. I would say I'm going to buy, of course, the Jackson because that's my lane, right? And the, something that I would use more frequently than the other two. Okay. Um, I would borrow a hollow body, of course. I I have a couple. Um, I got a, you know, I got like a jazz box and like um, you know, an ES type. Um, but that, you know, that Tom DeLong, that thing when you pick it up, I was like, oh, cool. This thing is is cool. So I, I would definitely want to borrow that. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to burn my own pick. But really, <laughs> what I'd like to do is burn up some sweet licks on the Jackson, just burn up the stage. Or I thought about doing, um, you know, doing a blowtorch finish on one of those and we could burn one of these, you know, uh, one of these guitars. That would be kind of cool. So hmm. I, I think I escaped your question pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a lovely little dance you just did. I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, it's hard burning your own pick, but it happens to me roughly every week, so I don't mind. Um, I, I actually kind of lost the connection when you said that you picked up the Starcasters. So the guitars that I showed the photo, you've actually picked those up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what I was saying is, uh, you know, Man. we have a, a shipping area that all the master builders bring their guitars when they're done. And they were sitting there one day and I, I saw four of them in the rack and I just loved all the colors. But yeah, very light guitar um, and it just looked cool, you know, so I, I okay. was a big fan. That must cool. be the coolest, the coolest area. I mean, I, if I was working there, I would probably go every, every break. I would just walk by to see if there's something new popping up, right? Well, you you could check them out, but yeah, most of the time, once they're on the rack, you're not supposed to touch them. But you know, some some things are special, so it's like you really, yeah, yeah. So sometimes I'll take my own guitars and I'll be like, guys, go grab me a case, and I will put it in the case myself and lock it and be like, nobody touch this. Oh, oh. yeah, sounds good. Yeah, 
you got to be careful. <laughs> yeah. Do you, just a like kind of inside question: Do you do like proper uh, photo shooting of every single guitar that you're building before you're shipping that out, or is that not necessarily um, done? Some folks do. Not um, like Ron does. He's got like a like a really nice camera and like lights and all that set up. But um, most of the time, I just do portrait mode on my iPhone and <laughs> and you know try and get a good spot. I'm not a great photographer. I have a lot of friends that are photographers, and and uh, I just try not to. I stay in my lane. Right. I know I know how to use the phone. That's that's what I'll stick with and hopefully it looks cool. Um but yeah. All right. Yeah, well I've I've taken a look at your Instagram. It looks absolutely lovely. So yeah, you're doing oh. a good job. Thank you. Uh, regarding the Starcaster, the first time I ever saw a Starcaster was at the Fender Custom Shop in 2019 or 20, and I didn't know what a Starcaster was. I was it was a model that was not around at that point. I'd never done the research and gone into it. And there was one outside John Cruz's at the time little room, and I love that little place because it's it's like a little market hall where everybody goes in their own little room. And yeah, um, yeah. there was a Starcaster, and I instantly said, "What is that?" And um, yeah, and now now I have one, and now hopefully I'll get a, a Tom DeLonge one at some point, <laughs> unless everybody burns it. Um, can I go next, Dan? Can I go next? Because I'm, I think you might be the decider this week. Right. Okay. I am very clearly going to buy my own pick, the Tom DeLonge Fender Starcaster slash Squire version when it comes out, depending on what comes out, if it comes out, and how fast it comes out. Mm -hmm. Then, I, through curiosity, I have to buy, uh, sorry, borrow Pat's pick, the Teenage Engineering Little Dollies, mm -hmm. which means I have to do something I really don't want, and that's burn the soloist. And I really don't want to do that for, for reasons that I know it will be an excellent guitar. And also, I think Jackson might be watching or listening to this. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> but at least I'm honest. It's just a process of elimination. I have to get the Tom DeLong stuff. It's so exciting. I want to try the Teenage Engineering droids. Therefore, I've got to burn me some Jackson. No, no shame. It's okay. Hey, not everybody plays a seven string or, you know, does that that kind of thing. Don't sweat it. At but least, that's the thing I want to try. It. I want to family. play the seven string. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. I feel bad, though, but I, I'm, my, I will game. sleep tonight. My soul is clean. My soul is clean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now you're putting me on the spot, Andy. All right. Um, I'm the decider now. Oh, wait, before you do, Dan, let's go to the live chat and oh, see yeah. what they of would course. pick. Of course. Of Studio Camille. Mikhail would pick, uh, would, he would buy the synth droids, he would borrow the Starcaster, he would also burn the Jacksons. Sorry, Pat and Dan. Oops. Um, Valeria, she would buy the Joth Smith signature Jackson. Woohoo, we are redeemed. Borrow the little speaker droids and burn Fender's wannabe idea. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on, Valeria. We were friends. Um, <laughs> And then Melodify would, another one for the Jackson, buy the soloist, borrow Fender, burn the Teenage Engineering synth. So the same pick as, as, as Pat there. Uh, and that's all I've got on my screen because I got kicked off. Have you got right. any more, Dan, that you'd like to, to read out? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, bup, 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 bup. Who else do we got? Um, Melodify, we had already. Uh, we had Ian Johnston who said buy the Starcaster and get some of those Fred stickers. <laughs> it's not stickers, it's inlays. No. <laughs> Original Rom Thorns. Yeah. Borrow mm. Pinocchio because it would look good on a shelf. 
I'm not arguing with that. And you can't, it can be messed with and burn the Jackson. I think he doesn't, oh. he doesn't, you know, justify why burning the Jackson. So it's probably just a leftover pick, right? Same as me, same yeah, as yeah. reason as me, I would guess. I'm going to put yeah. words in his, in his mouth, on his screen. Yeah, and then we have uh, we have Gary who said buy the Starcaster, borrow the speakers, and burn the Jackson because he's not in need of a seven string. Understood. He's I already mean, got a Jackson seven string. That's why. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And um, we've got one more from Jake Lee, who is our guest next week on the show. Hello, Jake oh, Lee. Yeah. Uh, he's going to buy the DeLong, obviously, borrow the Jackson, and burn the creepy wooden guys. <laughs> 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 I think that's my favorite reasoning this week. That's, that's yeah. definitely. They are a bit creepy. I, I imagine they play each other at night. You know, they just sort of do that sort of stop motion seventies yeah. cartoon thing. Yeah. But imagine how great yeah. they would look if they would be burning and still making music. Some some Hendrix vibe going on, right? Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. There you go. Okay, yeah. well, yeah, yeah. Sounds like a project for for Pat, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I I think everybody who said "Burn the Jackson" was thinking of the Hendrix style "Burn the Jackson." You know, play Monterey pop, throw the guitar, light it up. Yeah, you know, they're putting on a show. Definitely. Right. Yeah. Let's hear Dan's Dan's reasoning. Right. What are you going right. to do, mate? I'm, I'm the tiebreaker or the decider. Okay. Um, I'm I'm doing something that I've rarely done. I'm probably yeah, I'm picking the, I'm buying the Tom DeLong, but here's a question. <laughs> Would you rather have a made in USA version and a Squire version? Or would you go like the original Tom DeLong Stratocaster, go with a mid-priced made in Mexico iteration? That is a fine question. Thank you very much. Oh my goodness. I th all right, if I were Fender, I would do the Mexican. Mm -hmm. I would release a player, a Mexican player, Tom DeLong. Then I would also, I would wait on the Squire because then you'd want the Squire buyers to go for the Mexican player. Mm -hmm. And I would release the Fender high-end version. And then way down the line in some time, I would release a Squire version. So okay. my pick of those would be the Mexican player or mm -hmm. the Mexican version. Pat, what about you? Good question. Oh, I mean, master built only. I think that's the the way to do it. No, of course. <laughs> no. Um, well, I I think I see your reasoning there, right? You know, it's like you want to have as many buyers as you can, right? Like if it's a made in Mexico version, it's going to be uh, you know reasonably priced and and kind of reach the widest audience. Um, so I, I don't disagree with you there. Um, of course, you know, the, the folks that work in Mexico come and, you know, a lot of the engineers come and work with us here in Corona and stuff too. So it's all one big happy family. I think, um, it's going to be great no matter where it's made, but of course, you know, here in Corona, I, I would love to see those rolling off the floor every day and pick up more of them up. So I'm going to say, you know, like a, like a made in America version, um, but I, I don't know. This is, it's all speculation at this point. I just saw the guitars, uh, that is, that is very serious. I have no part of that. So <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's fine. All right, so we stick with by the, the the Made in Mexico Tom DeLong because I think Made in Mexico would probably you know be 
good enough for the ones that could also afford the made in USA version and still in reach for those guys who normally buy a Squire. So like a common denominator, you know, something that sits right in the middle and, and kind of, you know, gets gets the people from, from both sides of the spectrum. I would borrow the synth droids because I so want to play with them and with the kids. And that's why, and I think that's the first on the show, I would burn my own pick, which is a great Jackson, because I don't need a seven string and I don't necessarily like uh, working with Evertunes, but it's a great looking guitar. So yeah, that's my pick of the week. Andy, I think you won. <laughs> I, I don't believe it. I, firstly, we've, been, we've deeply insulted our guest. And secondly, <laughs> I've won. I am. I think I'm the winner for the first time in I want to say three or four months. It's pretty funny from a guitar that doesn't even exist. <laughs> <laughs> but it's real because Pet already had it in his hands, so it exists. It, it's good looking. It's out there, and it's being road tested. So, uh, oh my god! I think it's great news. You know. Great news that A, Tom is back with Fender uh, and you kind of switched from, from Gibson and seeing a new signature guitar maybe on the horizon. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to happen. <laughs> All right. Well, well, I'm really sorry, Pat, that we decided to burn your um, your beautiful related guitar. I'm sure... Uh, we picked the Fender. We stayed within the family, right? And... Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think you came second, Pat. I think the the weird little synth droids came second. Mm-hmm. Oh, my pick, yeah, yeah. Well, there's, you there's know, something from that. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad uh, people were seeing my uh, my side of the coin there. You know, with the you know stepping out of the box a little bit, so that's cool. And absolutely, yeah, I think I think this, the solos is a great pick as well. I think uh, we'll we'll have to buy all three. <laughs> fair absolutely ideal. fair yeah ideal so um you know i said to the live chat earlier that we could have some questions for pat now is the time to throw them in the chat and we will star them and read them out as and when we can i know dan has some burning questions so why not go with one of those dan oh yeah of course um actually something that uh, popped up when we were talking about the jackson guitar um was that it's equipped with with something like evertune that's that's rather you know a more progressive kind of uh, uh spec in uh, in the overall lineup and throughout the course of the last years we've seen some some specs like lumen lace stainless steel frets evertune bridges etc becoming like industry standards on on some you know guitar segments um Pat, what do you think is the best invention in the guitar universe that has like become industry standard in the last decade? Is there something where you say, well, this is like a standout feature that, you know, is so genius that it should have been there forever? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a few things, uh, you know, I love stainless steel frets. That's a huge one. Um, it's a one and done kind of thing. It's if you could wear out stainless steel frets, then you're playing that guitar like crazy. So um, that's a that's a favorite of mine. Um, I know some folks think there's a tonal difference, and and there is some very slight thing, but you really have to have you know great ears, especially in a live setting, to be able to parse that out. Um, the other thing is locking tuners. I mean, I know they've been around for a while, um, <laughs> but it's like you know, 
black computers are the best. Like, what's what's the deal, guys? You know, <laughs> even even on a Floyd Rose guitar, it's just like <laughs> run them through and lock them up. That is, that is the point. You know, there's a some sort of argument going on if a guitar with a locking trim really needs locking tuners. You know, it doesn't hurt, but you know, it kind of yeah. You know, increases the price a little bit. So um, that's an ongoing, let's say, an ongoing debate among some YouTubers and also some companies if that's a necessity or not. Well, it's right. it's not strictly a necessity, but it is a convenience. You know, like you thread the, the strings through, you lock it down, and yeah. you you know snip the excess off, and then it's great. Yeah. It's like, you know, one of the the best features. And actually, the the type of tuners that I personally like, I like the vintage Fender kind, where like the string goes down through the middle of the post, and then you wrap it around. Mm. But there's no way to lock those. So, uh, and the reason I like that is because you'll never prick your finger on one of the strings <laughs> if you make a lot of guitars and you set them up all day that is like it hurts ah. especially like a g-string you know or like a really like an 18 gauge plain wound string just like pierces your finger it's like being a kid <laughs> at the doctor again it oh, stinks no. yeah so <clears throat> that's why i love those so much um <laughs> and, and they look classy and yeah really nice they are also um, kind of locking as well, the vintage fenders. They're also my favorite tuners. And yeah. they, they kind of lock themselves. They don't, but they kind of do that. I would rather have a vintage fender style than a non-locking tuner. I think it goes locking tuner, vintage fender style, anything else. For yeah, me. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, and you could make a, a Strat with vintage tuners and a six-point trim stay in tune really 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 well if you know how to set it up like how to stretch your strings how to dive the trim every time that you're tuning it up there's like a lot of like little tricks sometimes like you'll spend a whole hour just getting the intonation and the tuning perfect and then you could you know do pull the steve i tricks and like hold the guitar up by the, the arm and do everything and it'll stay in tune even with you know bone nut and whatever you know if you get the staggered tuners that's cool um but even the vintage ones as long as you don't put too many lines that's the big one you know mm. um and you just gotta stretch those strings out like that's that's the number one thing that i, I notice is people put on a fresh set of strings they tune it up once and they're like my guitar falls out of tune it's, uh, you know <laughs> yeah so stretch it out uh, i also do this thing where if if this is the saddle and the string rests over it, a fresh string kind of will rise out of the saddle. You have to put the little kink in it right mm -hmm. where the saddle is and also by the nut. If you do those two things, if you stretch the string and then put those two little kinks in there, you'll get a much more honest view of what the string action is going to be of, um, you know, the, the way that the string will stay in tune. Um, the, those are kind of like little things you learn over the years how do you guess where or how do you know rather than guess where that kink should be when you when you put the string in do you do it manually or do you push it in once it's in the guitar so i'll i'll put the strings on the guitar i'll tune it up i'll stretch them you know up and down all six strings once i do that i'll tune it back up and then i'll take my pick and i'll just kind of press on the top of each of the the saddles and then by the nut and then boom you're done Okay. I have never done that, and I now can think of at least two guitars that I've sold that may have been salvageable by doing just that one thing. Yeah, Why and it's really important. It's really important when you cut the nut too, because if if the string is leaving 
the the nut, right? There's there's kind of an angle, there's a break angle. If the string continues to go up, then what happens is you get a false sense of what the action is over the top of the first fret. If you put mm. that little kink in there after you stretch the strings and do all that, then you could actually cut the nut properly because after you play the guitar for like let's say a few hours, that'll naturally happen. But I just do it ahead of time and then it's done. I think so how do you do? How do you do with the nuts? I need, I need to know exactly <laughs> how you do. I, I've got bridge. I'm done there. I, I figured that out. How do you do it with the nut? Do you also just press the pick behind the nut? Okay, hold on. Please. Here we go. Oh, oh yeah. no, master no. builder advice. Thank you. you Can I this. put you full screen, Pat? Is that okay if I put you full go screen? Ahead. Yeah. Um, that's me. There is you. Right. Okay. So, oh, it's a Tom DeLong Starcaster, Squire. Yeah. <laughs> so you stretch your strings, right? You do this. And so, then at the bridge, you'll just do this. You'll yeah. press down with the pick, right? Yeah. And then you'll do this, you'll do the same thing here. I'll just hold the strings on behind the nut and then I'll just do this. Ah, so you, you bet you put the pick in front of the nuts for that one. Yeah. And then I just push down. Uh-huh. Yeah. Boom. That's Their it. little secret. Oh man, I, I, I got so excited then. <laughs> <laughs> I love learning stuff about guitars, and and anyone who thinks that they don't need to learn anymore is absolutely lying and living in a little shallow world. So, I, I love not knowing stuff and then discovering it, especially live on my YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, when you're this hands-on with guitars every day for you know well over a decade now. Um, I mean, I started playing when I was 12, 13 and immediately started taking my guitars apart and doing this whole thing. That's how I really got into it. And when I was in college, too, my teachers would give me their guitars to like set up or do stuff because I was just I was a decent player. But like it, it became clear to me when I was like in the middle of college, like I'm actually much better at the tech side of stuff and, and like the gear tweaking and, and things. So I just really like leaned into that. And, you know, you start learning these little tricks after either making mistakes, you know, that's like a big one <laughs> or, um, you know, just learning along the way. And that's one of the, the big reasons I came to Jackson too, was I was going to be surrounded by other master builders that are like incredible at what they do, been doing it for a long time, know things I don't know. Um, I'm sure I drive them nuts asking them a million questions every day, but it's, it's part of the game, you know? And I just think like, Oh, how do you do this? How do you do that? I, you know, I asked like a million like dumb questions, the same question in like three, four different ways and to the point where it's like, are you, are you sure you're not dumb? Like, you know how to do this? And I'm like, yeah, 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 I know. But like, how do you do this? How do you do that? And it, it just becomes one of those things where it's like, I'm, I'm really in my mind trying to dissect like each little step of the way and you kind of like revise your format every time. Even now as I build and as I was saying, when you, we cut off, like um, if I'm making a new guitar, I'll make a full 3d model of it. I'll make my own fixtures for the CNC machine, um, my own tool paths. And then I realize like, Oh, when I cut this way, I can go full depth, but when I do this, I can't. So I, I really want to like perfect each one of the order of operations. Uh, and that, that part of the setup thing 
um, I learned kind of, you know, maybe like eight or so years ago or something like that, just like going mad because I'd set up the guitar and then eventually the strings would sink and then the guitar would buzz. And when you make guitars for folks that are going on the road, have 250 dates in a year, and then they call you after the second gig and they're like, I am not going to play this guitar because I can't rely on it. That's, mm. you know, immediately you change mm. your, your, um, your methods. And it was great because it, 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 you know, really helped hone your skill, you know, um, when you have to perform like on the spot, it's interesting way to, to grow, you know, Makes any sense? It, it does. So, Pat, I just had a, a moment when you, you know, passed this information on to me, and it, it sort of went in my brain and will never leave now. I'm sure you've also learned, as you said, from other master builders and other just general people in the guitar business. What was the last moment where you learned something like I just learned that made you jump out of your seat or, or flow about? Oh where I learned something where I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like a, <laughs> a Eureka moment, but no, you know what? Uh, one thing I learned when I, when I first got to Fender was, um, you know, it, it's kind of, it's more of a manufacturing type of thing, but the use of like vacuum fixtures, Fender uses a lot of like all the CNC machines have like a, a like a tube, that sits on the, the front of the table and you can hook up little vacuum hoses and that's how you hold the work down, mm. which is cool. It's really cool. I used to, I mean, the classic way in guitar making is you take a template and you double stick tape it to a piece of wood and you use a pin router and you do it by hand. But I like to keep my fingers away from the sharp spinny thing. So <laughs> I, I learned a lot of the CNC work. Um, just, I had the luxury of learning it and I, I've made guitars on pin routers and I still use them more now today actually than i ever did just because they are convenient um and ours is set up and very well um but the vacuum fixturing thing it's so cool because i don't have to use double-sided tape i used to buy like a case of double-sided tape and <laughs> and just stick that thing down and, and um yeah so like the work holding thing where i'm like oh okay so you want to hold the fixture down and then you want to hold the workpiece down. They have to have separate vacuum channels. And it, it really, I'm like super nerdy into the engineering part of it. So, yeah. and, and learning like um, the metal working part of things too. Like my prestige guitar last year, I made all the hardware and stuff. So that was like a big wow. one for me. That's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. How many how many guitars like uh, per month do you roughly build? Because it must it must vary so much between you know a standard build where you you know take a stock let's say Evertune bridge and put it on a guitar where you actually craft your own uh, hardware and do some sort of you know that micro engineering stuff. <clears throat> like um, it, it varies. Like sometimes I'll get an order like um, I should have brought it upstairs, but like I have a batch of twelve warriors that are all like the blood drip finish. Mm -hmm. And so with those, I do, I do all the woodworking uh, and then I'll send them into paint. And then the paint team paints them black, you know, their oil necks, whatever. Uh, I'll say, hey, put the logo on the headstock. And then I come in and I do the blood drip for the finish, you know, and then um, they'll top coat them and then we'll do assembly. 
Um, but I try to do as much of it as I can. Um, I would say all the guitars that I've made here so far, like I, I've done, you know, 99% of it. Uh, every once in a while, I'll ask for a, a little hand, um, maybe like putting the frets in um, or sanding something or, or, or something like that. But I've also been really hands-on lately with uh, American uh, series soloists working with the team uh, that's making those guitars and, um, you know, working with Buff and Polish and Mill Crew and all the folks that do frets. And I show them how I do mine. I do like the rounded fret ends and stuff. And I'll be like, well, you know, these are more like a classic Jackson. So we won't round them as much, but uh, I'll show them like all the techniques and why it matters that we do this step now and that step next. And, you know, um, but most of the time I'll only make hardware if it's going to be like a super duper special project. Okay. Um, uh, the Frank Bellow basses, like the brass nut, we don't, uh, we, we make brass nuts the, the, for fenders, but they have a curved bottom. But since I make the necks myself, like, and I'll take a, a thick piece of maple, I'll saw off the fingerboard and then I'll join them back together. So the, the grain meshes back perfectly. I make a flat bottom nut slot. So I made the brass nut and I pre-slot it on the, mm. on the bill. So when mm -hmm. I glue it in there, I don't have to trace it out or do any of that stuff. Cool. Very yeah, cool. I, know. I, I go over the top. That's, yeah. that's... <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's why it's custom show, right? <laughs> yeah. Actually, um, Andy and I were wondering, um, I, I read an interview about you that you said that you love, you have all that creative freedom where the sky basically is the limit. Um, there have been some, some, like I said, some amazing builds that we have been drooling over also on the show, um, like this one, for instance. Um, how much yeah. like, creative freedom do you have or what, what's the percentage of um, custom orders where you already know what you have to build or can you just come up like with this guitar do you do you figure out okay olive drab is kind of cool at the moment let's do some sort of a you know retro relict kind of version of that of a of a sleek shred guitar like what's what's the, the thinking behind that um well uh during the year most of the time we just have orders there's a you know a queue of orders for the master builders um so we try and tackle as many of those as we can but if an artist places an order or we have um like an artist will will spec out their guitar so we'll make them their guitar it's essentially treated like an order um and then for the shows like that green guitar it's a tk22 um, that was for our online dealer event. That was my choice. So I spec'd okay. it all out and I just did, you know, whatever, but I could have made that guitar any color or did whatever inlays and nobody said, I have to make a DK 22. I just like that guitar a lot. I love the reverse slant bridge pickup. I really like those, uh, Phil Collin, uh, sugar chakra pickups, yeah. the DiMarzios. Yeah. I love the control layout. It's you know called the Pro Mod layout. Uh, so like the five-way blade volume tone. The my favorite bridge of all time is that Goto 510 two-point tremolo. I think it's the best Strat style trem. Uh, like you know, it stays in tune perfectly. Um, the arm, I actually like the shape of the arm. It's a little fatter than like a like a normal trem arm. Um, and I made that puzzle piece neck joint too, which is kind of a trick I stole from Ron Thorne. Uh, so, 
back in the day, he when it was Thorn Guitars, he did kind of like a little indentation in the neck pocket so the neck wouldn't shift. And I started doing it where I would do it on both sides and I could put the neck in there, pick up the body and, you know, wave it around and it wouldn't go anywhere. Mm. I, I always like that. It's It sounds really good, too, you know. It's just cool as well, especially when you can, when you <laughs> can do it. Just because you and, can, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's annoyingly complicated. You really got to get the paint thickness like perfect. Otherwise, it won't sit down in the pocket, mm -hmm. right? So it's like you really got to monitor everything, your, all your thicknesses throughout the whole process. Uh, but, yeah, I, I love that guitar. I love ash, like an ash body. That was a one-piece ash. Um and yeah, I did the relic on that on my own or whatever, you know. I think we had that as a pick of the week. Yeah, am I, am yeah, I right yeah. saying that, Dan? Yeah. I, I oh. fell in love with the guitar so hard; it was yeah. it's so beautiful. Okay, I'll have to do more of those then because I I was really surprised most of the time. Uh, based on what I thought I knew, uh, green guitars don't really sell that well. At least that's what I thought. Or to some what degree, I, heard. I think like the Schecter, Nick Johnson kind of green ones, they sold pretty well. Uh, and the, the whole, Whoa. I think, especially with with Gibson and those kind of, you know, I have a green one right here. Yeah, you got the Moa one. Yeah. Green. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that a Schecter? Oh, that's a Schecter. That's, uh, yeah. that's a Schecter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think like olive drab and that kind of dark greenish is 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 some is a little bit on book at the moment. That's really trendy. Hmm. Well, olive, olive drab, drab like, does I, it for me, man. Oh, it's yeah. so good. <laughs> I love that color too. I think it's a it's slightly different than like you know if you were to think of like a transparent green on a flame top, right? Like mm -hmm. that's very vibrant, like emerald green. I guess maybe that's what I'm thinking. Whereas that that guitar, um, I had a very specific color in mind. I wanted green gold. Mm -hmm. I was like, gold, green, and I got <laughs> I go to uh, J in color, you know. Um, Jay Nelson, the Fender Master Builder painter. And I said, hey, I want this. And I was like, how can we do that? So we picked a gold. I believe it was Shoreline gold, or it might have been Aztec gold. And then the candy green over the top of it. And then all oh, nitro. It's, it's you know, all done exactly to like, and I, I stood there as he's spraying the green. And I was like, one more time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more time. I have it on, I have it on video because he's like, is this enough? And I was like, one more. And then, you know, he does it. And then I was like, okay, we're good. Oh, wow. I think there's yeah. a video about, about one of the layers being sprayed on Instagram as well. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so, yeah. So I love watching those <laughs> videos. I uh, I love it when Fender yeah. do their spray booth Instagram videos. I watch the whole thing. And <laughs> yeah. I, get, I get to the end, I think, what am I doing? I should yeah. be playing guitar. But instead, I'm just watching some guy up and down and, and spinning the wheel. And I'm like, wow, that, that's pure art. Yeah. Folks really like, you know, to see the behind the scenes of, uh, you know, the guitar making process. So uh, every time there's like a video being shot in the factory or something they're like hey uh make some wood chips like people love to see people love to see wood chips or uh or like do this like blow the dust off of whatever oh, you're working on like, yeah. <laughs> you know what i like most if they if they remove the, the masking tape you know if they do some sort of binding or something yeah. and then the tape gets removed oh, yeah. and you see that perfect paint job kind of you know where it's just a straight line oh. and there's 
Oh. Yeah, you, so we call that detail, like paint detail. So when they yeah. tape up the, the binding and then they peel it back and then it's yeah. just like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> That's yeah. what I call gear porn. Yeah. <laughs> I painted my son's room the other day and I was thinking of that as I was removing the tape from the join. And I was thinking of these videos where you get that perfect straight line and I peeled my tape and I was pretending to do that and I saw my line was like this. <laughs> no! Yeah. Well, you know, the, the way you do it on a guitar, it, it's like the when you glue the fingerboard to the, the main part of the neck, right? Both those pieces better be perfectly flat. Otherwise, you're going to have a whole other heap of problems, right? So if you look straight down the neck, that line should be straight. So you just inch up like you know less than half a millimeter from that ledge and then you just ride the tape along that line and then you know it's it's not too bad uh i've seen i've seen some get a little squiggly you know it turns into you know ch child uh, you know little cr crayon session or something but you know it's, <laughs> it's not too have hard you, to fix have you ever had a, a a build where for whatever reason you kind of bombed because the guitar kind of turned out not as you had envisioned it or it was just not you know resonating well or is, is there some some sort of builds where you just say <clears throat> i'll probably do it again um do it again you know i'm like a maybe in my early days um trying to make um i made some hollow body bases and stuff um and i made one that was more like a like a solid body base but it was hollowed out inside and i thought i was going to get a little more volume out of it and the, it was fine it sounded fine played fine um but it just wasn't like the excitement of like the i made this one that was like huge got on magazine covers and stuff and that was cool and it got a lot of attention and trying to recreate that that big old thing to be more travel friendly never really panned out i always wanted another crack at that um to make a lighter version of that big bass um other than that i'm trying to think things that didn't really pan well i mean what happens a lot of the time is we'll come up with an idea you put your heart and soul into it you'll really like put a lot of effort into it and then doesn't get as much like attention as you hoped or thought um, and then the thing that you're just like, oh, you know, I'm going to do this. I, you know, I got to make, you know, 12 guitars for the show or 15 or, or whatever it is. They're like, yeah, this is a cool idea. I'm going to put this together. And then that becomes like this huge hit. Um, I did a Charvel where it was like black relic over, um, Fiesta red. Um, and that got like so much attention and, to me, I was just like, I, I, I was like, ah, how is this? So, you know, <laughs> where I, I was like, oh, great. I, I'm, I'm glad. But, uh, you know, I was, I was like for, for that year, for my prestige and stuff, I like, you know, made all the hardware. I spent hundreds of hours, honestly, like making all the programming and doing all this stuff. And it wasn't as big of a hit. And I think, you know, that's another lesson of what I like isn't necessarily what, um, my customers, clients, uh, everybody else likes. Mm -hmm. So it, that's one of those things you learn with experience too, is making things that people love aren't necessarily what I love. Um, but you, it's a, it's a learning experience, you know? Um, so I, I think that's, that's really one of those moments 
That's one of those aha moments in guitar <laughs> making, right? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. I've just put a guitar on screen. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I, I've, I'm, first I'm amazed I found it. My Googling Kung Fu is pretty strong, but, um, I, that's pretty that good. is a beautiful guitar. Oh, thank you. It did, it did yeah. sell as well. It's sold, uh, and it sold in Germany. Oh, in wow. Munich. oh yeah. Yeah. So it went yeah, to so Munich the, to Pro Music Tools. Yeah. 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 That's a, an actual custom shop body. Um, like a Fender custom shop body. And we did it kind of in the spirit of Charvel, which is make it a custom neck for it. That's why I did the spoke wheel truss rod, bird's eye, did the legacy tuners on it. Um, and then the pick guard, I, you know, it's black, white, black, but I made it red in the middle, yeah. little layer. Sweet. Um, okay. Nice. Yeah. I like the gold Red hardware pick. as well. It works. You've got the gold, um, the, the gold bridge and the gold uh, whole trem system and the knob, and then the tuners look silver or chrome to me. Is that right? It, it's all raw brass. Um, oh, even, oh, the, wow. even, the, even the tuners are raw brass, and over time they patina, right? Ooh, that's interesting. That's sexy. So they get they get beat that's, up. So yeah. those those guitar. tuners are the the Charvel Legacy tuners. They're available right hand only. <laughs> they're made they're made by goto they have a a really weird mounting pattern um and they're they're a great tuner um they have a unique button shape um but they're brass plated which is like the strangest thing um and then they get like pitted yeah it's cool i dig it I, you know when you find something you didn't know you needed and and now i can't live without it that that's yeah i need to somehow get one of those mm -hmm. cool. i take that over i take it over the tom DeLong at this point and i was like, super excited about that all right it's a win yeah yeah well done so we, we've we've been maybe forgiven for burning the jackson soloist oh no you did it monterey pop style you know oh yeah true <laughs> Whew, I shouldn't yeah. have mentioned it. I, I, I didn't talk about it. No one mentioned it. We'll cut that out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. A question. You, you, you play right-handed, right? You're a right-handed person? Yeah. Do you, do you build left-handed guitars? And, and if so, how weird is that for you? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, it's weird. Yes, I think left-handed uh, players should be forced to learn right-handed. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, well I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Every left-handed player that I know that was forced to learn right-handed. Like I had a teacher at Berkeley, this guy, Joe Stump guy shreds like crazy. He's so good because his dominance is in his left hand. So his finger independence is like incredible. And then he had to learn his right hand, you know, but when you think about it, it's like much harder to do the finger independence on the left hand than it is to figure out the right hand. So I never understood, like, I always thought it should be backwards anyways. You know, more, more people should learn reverse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's just my, you know, weird brain. Uh, but yeah, left-handed guitars, making them is weird. Like, because you, you're, you're constantly thinking right-handed and then you're like, oh, I got to do that. Like putting the logo on the guitar. <laughs> Which way do I do this? They want to... They want a left-handed guitar with a reverse headstock, so a right-handed headstock. So now what? You know, it's just, it's a mess. I, you know, yeah. It also looks so, weird I, when you have the logo at the top and it's running yeah. the wrong way into the design of the the shape. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the 
you know, the way to fix this is no left-handed guitars. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't make left-handed pianos. Yeah, good point. Yeah. I think we had, we had a whole episode. It was called The Lazy Lefty. That was, I think, in, at the very end of the first season where we'd, we've been talking about the whole lefty situation time and again. And uh, there are so many great lefty players like uh, Nick Johnson, uh, Mark oh, Muffler, yeah. you know, those yeah. kind of guys. And Yeah, they're know. incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I, I'm I'm jealous of their playing. You know, it's like so good. But yeah, I mean, what can I say? No thanks. No, no <laughs> thanks to the. <left. laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course, I'll, I'll make a left-handed whatever. You know, it's like you place the order. I'm going to make it. Like, I'll, I'll make yeah. you something that looks like your microwave if that's what you want, man. It's like, <laughs> well, Jackson is the original custom shop. I mean, really, if you think about it, it's like we made crazy stuff for forever and, and nothing was too hard or too difficult or, or too out there. And, you know, they've made guitars, you know, that were headless back in the day. They did, you know, all sorts of double necks where the, the headstocks like converge or um, different hardware. Oh, that's, it is the super strat, you know, it's, it is that, you know, essence of like, modifying your guitar for high performance so that's really you know any well, i'm up for the challenge i like i like doing the hard stuff it's right. it helps me grow what was what was the most challenging build so far except Ooh, for the uh, acoustic semi-hollow bass that you talked earlier about yeah that was tough um the hardest thing um, I've had a few that were like really hard paint jobs. I did a guitar that was all gold once and I really hated that guitar. Um, <laughs> that thing stunk. That paint job is a nightmare um, because it's like a, a weird chemical reaction and you only have like 15 seconds to make it all flash off correctly. Okay. So you have to paint the whole guitar. It, it just doesn't work right. You know, um, what else? Uh, oh, I did these mirror top guitars, um, and those are really hard because okay. the mirror material is like very difficult to work with. Uh, it's acrylic, and it, you know anything that's like got any you know like exotic material tends to be difficult um, it, with adhesives and, and finishing and that whole thing. So okay. that, those, those have been some of the harder ones, but um, yeah, you know most every guitar is hard yeah <laughs> it stinks yeah sometimes i'm just like oh man this stinks but you know it comes out cool in the end so it's Sweet. On, on the flip side was there anything you ever built that you didn't want to let go of something you would have yeah. rather kept in your collection all the time <laughs> all the time <laughs> yeah At, like every time i make something that i'm like oh man this thing is a real doozy i'm like i don't want to let this go um I just did a guitar for this guy, uh, Nils, um, in uh, number one guitar center there in Germany. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah. 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 And he, the, the spec he ordered, the way it came out and the way it sounded when I plugged it in, I was like, damn, this thing rocks. I was like, this, this guitar came out really good. So um, every once in a while, like that green guitar, that um, you posted like the neck shape was perfect for me. And like, I really dug the sound of the pickups. That was cool. Um, some other ones that I've done, I'm trying to think of like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm making one for an artist right now. That's like hot pink. 
And Ooh. I'm like, oh, man, this thing is cool. I, uh, I would love to have this. Um, yeah, you know, more more than not, I want to keep them, but I know mm. I can't. So it's they're like they're like my kids. I got to set them free and let them live their life. <laughs> let them fly. Yeah. But that would lead us to the question, um, as, an, as a master builder, you probably get to build your own like uh, annual employee guitar or something. What is, no, no? No, no. I haven't. I haven't had uh, the, the fortune to do that yet. Okay. Um, but I hope I can one of these days. Yeah, <laughs> All right, well then to... let's rephrase it. Like if you were allowed to build you a, you know, your em personal employee guitar, what specs would you choose? Good question. Um, yeah, I, I think about this like, oh, if I had a, a Jackson built and then a Fender built. Um, ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And and maybe even a Gretsch too. You know, I, I love that stuff too. I, I really like hollow body. So um, that's why I love Gretsch so much too. And I, I'm in awe of Chad and Gonzalo and Steven Stern and everybody up there. Um, but for Jackson, I would I would want a Rhodes, likely, um, just because it's like so classic. But if I actually was thinking about um, playing it constantly, I'd pick myself a soloist for sure. Um, I think I'd do a reverse head. Okay. Um, I'm I'm trying to think. You know, I, I'd probably go pretty classic. Um, I'd probably just do you know, ebony fingerboard with the shark fin inlays, like the, just the classic stuff, like an SL2, um, just because the guitar itself is so perfect to like to play. And it's, it's like so comfortable. Um, I made the, the one that I really wanted to keep my, for myself was, uh, I call it, you know, the martini guitar. Um, it had oh, some, Oh, with some, the stripes, the racing stripes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a good one. That's one, one of the recent posts on, on your, account. Yeah. yeah. So that like, I do my own version of like a carved out heel on that guitar. Um, and that was all roasted mahogany, ebony fretboard, lumen lay, glow in the dark shark fin inlays. And like, you know, it's my favorite racing livery. That's probably what I would make for myself. I, those Govan pickups sound so good. I would, I would probably just do that. Um, I, I wasn't a big Floyd guy for the longest time, but now I'm getting more and more, you know, in love with it. I, like I said, I really like that Goto two point. So I'd, ha I'd have to pick myself one of those. You know, right. if I make myself a Fender, <laughs> I'll do that white blonde, like Mary Kay white. Two point. Very yeah. nice. Okay. Yeah. Nice. White white blonde is my favorite color. Yeah, it's like on on a really nice piece of ash. Like that's it looks so good. It's i it, it, I'm I'm like, you know, I know I make crazy metal guitars and stuff, but like I have <laughs> such varied taste. I went to school for jazz. I mean it's kinda silly. So you know. Yeah. All right. I've, well, I've just found something that you've built that I again have fallen in love with. It's it's this. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, it's it's a single pickup. Um, it's in Wildwood Guitars in I think Louisville. Uh, yeah, Louisville. Um, and it's uh, two pickup. It's a 
It, oh, it is two pickup. Yeah, there's a there's a, a, a pickup hiding in the in the little pick guard thing. It looks like a graphite kind of thing. It's got shark fins. It's an ebony fingerboard. It's neck through twenty four jumbo frets. Man, that is a killer guitar. Yeah, we call that the Spectrum pick guard. It's a uh, it's real carbon fiber. It's just a sheet of carbon that I cut out, and you know. Um, and it's very similar pickups to that Josh Smith or the bare knuckle, um, you know, dual blade. Like, so like, you know, what's it? Yeah. It turns out to be These eight the, blades. On... The Black Hawk humbuckers, Black, about, according to yeah, this. Yeah, Black Hawk, yeah. Um, and yeah, the Pearl logo on the headstock and just graffiti yellow, baby. That thing is real screamer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're not going to yeah. lose that in a snowstorm. <laughs> no, no. And and actually the pick guard, whoever gets this guitar, you could tell um, like the, the way that it's shaped and the way that the standard controls are laid out. You know, I ha I machine the pick guard so it perfectly fits around the knob, it, but it fits around nice. the, the, the washer and the nut. So it sits like really nice and flush to the pick guard and it looks cool. Yeah. I, it's sometimes it's a, a beautiful little guitar touch secret touch on a guitar where it's like like that black and red guitar underneath the neck plate and stuff i like stamped and you know some fun uh you know just like my initials or something or you know something i saw yeah. it on the martini guitar and i was pretty impressed uh, if you take a look at the back of it it says uh here there's a little uh, at the bottom of the guitar there's your initials or your logo kind of thingy yeah yeah, so every master builder has a you know master built logo, um, and when I joined up, I was like, oh, what's mine going to be? The the other Jackson guys just have it's kind of round. It says Master Built USA, and then their signature in the middle. Yeah. And uh, I I like that, but I was like, oh, you know, what is Jackson to me? Jackson to me is the shark fin. So yeah. my, nice. my my logo or my signature is my initials in the 12th fret shark fin and that one i i inlaid so it's lumen lay and you know that, that whole deal that is pretty um, unique. yeah yeah and then oh. you know my initials are pfc but g is for my grandpa who taught me everything his his last name is gaitama so ah, that's that's what it's for wow very Maybe cool inside. yeah and by the way great guitar that's the martini racing inspired guitar right yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that thing is like, you know, it was painted by Dan Lawrence, DRL Graphics. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and yeah, like the the way that I do the scoop heel on that and what, it, you know, pretty much I would take that exact guitar. I might paint it a different color yeah. uh, if I was going to play it every day. But um, I really like Olympic White. That's cool, too. I have yeah. strength. It's Olympic White. It's hard to beat. I would so love to see a, a, a kind of uh, rally inspired series, you know, with uh, the Toyota Celica colors, you know, the white, uh, red, greenish ones, and then the Ford Focus kind of ones. And that would, that would be amazing. You have a whole series that's inspired by those old uh, rally icons, you know, Colin McRae and, you know. All yeah. Those, I all thought those. about doing stuff like that before because I'm a huge Formula One fan. Okay. And it's it's not so popular in America. So it's kind of, I'm kind of an outlier here. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I know it's huge in Europe. Um, but, like, of course, Ferrari fan, it would be cool to do like Matt Red and Black or, you know, um, I don't know if I'd do papaya orange for what McLaren's rocking these days, but maybe like the, the, the red and that white. Would, that would fit with Jackson, I think, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, it would. 
Um, but like the red and white Marlboro, you know, Santa cars or whatever, or like the old school Williams days, like blue and white yeah. are cool. Um, or like the Jordan team or, you know, the Benetton teams or whatever. Th- those are all really cool liveries back in the day. Um, there, there's so many like historic ones. I, you know, as, as unfun as it was to watch Mercedes win for, you know, a better part of a decade, it's, it still would be cool to do like that gray with the teal and the black and stuff, you know, I think yeah. that would be fun. Yeah. So uh, we know you have a, a hard out uh, in a very, very short time. So I guess we should ask you one last question. And that is, what is coming next from you? What can you share with us that we might see in the very near future from the Jackson Custom Shop? Uh, next from us, um, you know, we're always working on new guitars and things. Um, so I'll have a few that I'll be posting soon. Uh, like I said, some of those warriors um, I did all the paint jobs myself, so they're all kind of very different, you know, blood drips and stuff. Um, I have some show guitars coming out next year. That'll be fun. Um, and speaking of the Starcaster that you liked so much, that Warrior that I just posted uh, maybe a week or so ago, it's kind of based on a Starcaster color, uh, which is ah. that kind of like petrol blue look. So I actually mixed that color myself. I took a couple of different ones from the shop and I, you know, played chemist and did whatever. Um, yeah, but I, I like doing stuff like that. And, um, yeah, next year, uh, should be fun. Um, there are some cool projects that are in the works. I can't give away too much, but, um, you know, my, my hope is that they'll, you know, make a big impact. So I, I'm, I'm, pretty excited and and you know it's been a lot of fun doing all this stuff here it's it's great so i can't thank fender enough and jackson guys and my team and everybody for being so kind and helping me so i appreciate it yeah and i think it's it's, it's kind of speaks for itself all the enthusiasm that you you know with, with that you talk about your profession you know what is your daily job is uh, it's kind of really contagious and really you know gives us a good feeling that uh, you're in a happy place there and uh uh, you know, we can admire your creations over the course of the next decade or, or even longer. So we're looking forward to seeing more crazy designs and uh, vintage white colored uh, Jacksons and, and whatnot. So, yeah. well, you're always welcome to come and visit again. And, and I'd love to have you. Uh, what would you guys like to see next? Uh, more more olive green and more of okay. the, the other green one. Basically more green guitars, please. And that yellow more one. Green. <laughs> more more outrageous things let's see how outrageous you can get you know it, it's just a guitar that screams look at me but you know plays like a monster okay olive green i i, I think i could pull it off sounds pretty good more more green more outrageous uh yeah it's just just what my mother was asking for as i was a kid <laughs> yeah oh, more green. yeah well, right. um, thank you, everybody, for joining us on the show. If you're listening to the audio version, I hope you also enjoyed yourself. And um, Pat, it's been really wonderful talking to you. And thank you for opening my eyes to even more guitars that I didn't know that I needed to play. So it's been wonderful. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Well, then, if you if you like the show, make sure to share it and uh, follow, of course, follow Pat on Instagram so you see all his latest creations. Uh, give us a thumbs up on YouTube and um, 
you know, hope to see you next week for episode 89. Thanks, Pat. It was a pleasure. And uh, hope to see you around either in the US or maybe in Germany if you're there. So, of course. All right, guys. Well, Thank then, you. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye. Hey. Do you want to do the honors, Dan? Do you want to press the, the final video? Because you, you, can, you can do the graphics tonight. Oh, yeah, Just yeah, add yeah. to the stress. <laughs> All right, of course. Well, then, good night, everyone. Bye. Bye.